When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Hackmaster Ralph Toy Basham, MD. Alex Bernard Rasmussen. Co-host Catherine Brandt. And Andy Brand Bernard. We'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, it's quiz time. Ooh, I love quiz time. Let me guess. Breck called and they want their diploma back. Easy. I earned that fair and square. In fact, it's right. Ah, well, look what you made me do. Sorry. So what's the question? So you've heard about the new car inventory shortages, right? Yeah, you've mentioned it about a million times. Guess how many 2021 Rogues we have in stock at Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan? Mm, seven. Close. The actual number is 209. A lot of Nissan dealers are really low, but we're in good shape for the next month or so. So there's no reason to hurry? That's not great messaging. How about don't dawdle? There's a word you don't hear often there, Monty Burns. Yeah, funny. Anyway, the all-new 2021 Rogue is a great vehicle, and we're lucky enough to have a bunch. We've got great leases, and they all come with Walzer Care, which is a 10-year warranty for free. But wait, there's more. Read this. Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan want your trade and will give you an extra $1,000. That's pretty cool. Go to Coon Rapids Nissan or WalzerNissan.com for details. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we provide a unique experience for our business banking customers that can't be found at the big banks. Our customers appreciate our high-touch, high-tech approach where they get all the benefits of working with a local bank. Our team will get to know your business and its unique challenges while still offering all of the online and mobile banking options you will find at the big banks. Also, when your business banks with North American Banking Company will be working with an experienced team of lenders who know this marketplace and will be ready to help your business capitalize on any opportunity or solve any problem. You add it all up, North American Banking Company is a better banking experience. <clears throat> Excuse me, you uh, do mind if I jump in here? Well, Tommy, if you feel the need, go ahead. <sighs> Amateurs, why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. What? I was going to do my song. Why you got to do your song? Well, not my song. Here it comes. Fawn and Sage danced like mad people when that came on <laughs> yesterday. Too long. <laughs> it's yeah. a ringtone. It's a ringtone. Yeah, it probably doesn't matter. You'd be surprised. Oh, really? They'll flip out? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, they need more well, pennies. Apple for one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah true. Uh, we got Dave on the phone. Dave, Dave Schrader. Da, 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 da. What's happening, man? Wow, I like that I have a theme song now. You do. You have By a theme the seaside. Song. By the seaside. How much is how much is Tom going to charge me every time I use it? Uh, well, it'll be up to Apple, and you know how money <laughs> no. money grubbing they are. He's talking about the one I just sang. Oh. Trader, yeah. da, 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 da. There you go. See, I like it. I'm going to put that on our radio show for whenever I pop on now. I like it. I mean, it's a good plan. It's a really, really good plan. So what's happening with you? Well, you know, I heard Timmy couldn't come on today to be with you, so I thought I'd pop on and talk to you about uh, The Devil Made Me Do It, the new Conjuring and mm. stuff. We're going to, Catherine and Alex yeah, and I are going to watch it. It's on the list. It is, uh, you know, it's a fun one. It's an interesting flick, and it kind of it has a different... Uh, vibe to it than the first two Conjuring movies. And this is this one's really interesting because it's an actual case where uh, they went to court to try to prove that demonic possession is real. Really? And that was a case where they tried to instill the, the devil made me do it clause. And uh, the movie itself, of course, takes a lot of Hollywood liberties, but it's a, a really fun movie. It's entertaining to watch. It's got a lot of good scares to it, some creepy special effects. And I personally like this one a lot because my first interview we did with Lorraine Warren back in 2006, prior to Ed's passing, um, we talked mostly about their kind of love story and how they got to know one another before they became this, you know, demon-fighting couple. And she was very touched. Nobody had ever asked her about her relationship and and getting to know Ed before. So it, it really resonated and this movie is definitely kind of a love story to Ed and Lorraine Warren. I don't know if this is going to mark their final foray into the Conjuring universe, but it was a good send-off if it was. And it's, uh, you know, out of five stars, I would definitely give it a solid three and three quarters. Out of five, three and three quarters? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's always, you know, horror movies, it's not the same kind of feel. Right. You know, if I went on a true, just horror movie vibe, probably a good four, four and a quarter star, but... You know, just as a movie overall, three and three-quarter stars is where I would feel comfortable going in with this. Because, again, there's some, you know, there's some hokum to it that, you know, you, you see coming a mile away. But it's still a really well-done well, well done story. And probably, um, I would say, just in the, the context of the fact this this made major headlines because it was an actual court case where they were trying to prove that the devil was truly involved in this. And, you know, Ed, Ed Warren makes an interesting comment uh, regarding this case that, you know, the, the God and the Bible are used in court. Hmm. So we accept that, and it's about time that we start to accept that the devil exists as well. Hmm. And, you know, it's an, it's an interesting element. There's, and there's, there's some actual precedents for this. I don't know if you guys watched that Bundy tapes on um, Netflix when it came out about a year ago during the pandemic. Yeah, I think so. I think we did, yeah. Yeah, where they're, they're playing the actual audio tapes of Bundy. Yes, in the yep. opening, you hear an interesting facet where they talked about the fact that once in a while, Bundy's entire eyes would turn black, which unnerved a lot of people. Um, we talked to a, a gentleman who wrote a book about him, and we were just talking about it on True Crime, and I just happened to throw the angle at him. I was like, do you think this guy may have been possessed? And he said, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. During one moment when they were in court and one of the girl's bodies, younger girl's bodies, had been found, they said he began to emit this sulfur smell, and his face physically changed. His attorneys backed up in their chairs. And and that's on record. Like, people witnessed this take place. So the, did the devil make me do it? You have to start questioning some of these concepts when it comes to the evil that men do. I mean, obviously we know how cruel humanity can be on their own, but is there influence? And if there is and it's proven, what does that mean? How do we punish someone for something that was taken out of their control. Now, if I ever get possessed, I'm going to take a line from The Exorcist, but I'll have to shorten it a bit. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, what does your mother do in hell again? I forgot. And then just leave it at that. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I... Wasn't it, wasn't it on Saturday Night Live when Lorraine Newman said your mother sews sweat socks in hell yeah, or so, something like that? Yeah, your mother sews socks in hell. <laughs> <clears throat> well, oh no, I'm joking. <coughs> she had something very important to yes, say. Yes, I didn't put something so excited. She started joking. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, Dan went to St. Thomas for college, and he had a theology teacher who was a priest. I don't know if he's still alive or not, but um, 
he is a priest, and he was one of the only priests that still did exorcisms. Oh, really? Yeah, through the Catholic Church. And so he would travel all over the world and do exorcisms, and there was this woman, in, or a girl, in his class that was Wiccan. Wiccan? And I okay. guess she was talking about it, you know, and the teacher, priest, like, started getting very emotional and was like, you don't know what you're dealing with. It's not funny. It's not interesting. Like, being Wiccan is not a game. You need to stop. Because he did exorcisms and has, you know, saw all these crazy things. So it's just interesting that... Watch Prodigal Son. That'll scare you. There's a lot of um, uh, misunderstanding, too, with what Wiccan means. You know, Wiccan is more of an earth uh, religion, and that doesn't really play in as much as the witchcraft angle. Of course, with every religion, there's yeah. derivations from it that, that take things to a different extent. And when you see the black magic and such, you know, that's where they kind of, those are the extremists. Those are your Jim Jones of, of the witch sect, right? Those are taking things much farther than they need to be and invoking and bringing about things. But for the most part, the, the true Wiccan religion is not something to be feared. It's, you know, about Mother Earth. It's about working with the elements and trying to change positivity. And their, their reflections, like any religion, right, when you, when you commit a sin, it's revisited on you like tenfold. So they are taught and believe that they shouldn't do evil because evil will be revisited onto them. So true Wiccans are very cautious, and they know quite a few that, you know, that uh, serve that. Uh, but then I've met the you know the people that think they're witches because they're fans of of uh, Stevie Nicks and yeah, she's I mean, a witch was, and you know yeah, that this was a college kid for the pitch value yeah yeah. yeah. So I have a question: <clears throat> what is it? Sure. What, what's the Roman Catholic deal again? Where they're way over the top, the nut job Catholic uh, element, charismatic, charismatic, charismatic Catholic. There you go. Did you ever hear that story? <clears throat> I have not. What, what have you got for me? My mother, who was an ardent Roman Catholic, she loved being a Catholic, and her mother, Minnie, was a big-time Catholic as well. But uh, a relative of my mother's invited her to go to a charismatic Catholic uh, service. (laughs) And apparently, as soon as the people started speaking in tongues and rolling around in the aisles, you could hear my mother in the church go, What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) That's my mother. That was my mother, 100%. I graduated high school in 1985, and we went, uh, my buddy Paul and I, with his family to Ola, Arkansas to visit. And there's not much to do. Ola, Arkansas, literally, and I should see if I can still find the picture and send it over to you. Uh, You'd get a kick out of it, Tom. Their police station, fire station, and city hall was an aluminum-sided shed. (laughs) I love it. And each, each side had a different, like, fire department on the right, police department on the left, city hall in the back. And it, it was like a maybe a 30 by 40 shed. Um, and there were cars parked next to it. And that was two cars. But it was just a very small little town. And Paul and I, you know, there wasn't much to do. So we're, we're walking the streets and this group of really cute teenage girls comes walking by and they're like, hey, you guys want to go see us uh, play? And we're like, sure. You know, we got nothing else to do. These girls, maybe they're going to go play volleyball or something. We're teen boys. They're teen girls. What could go wrong? So we followed them, and there's there's the little white church, and they walk into the church, and the two of us kind of look at each other, and we're in our, you know, 1980s torn jeans and bandanas and police T-shirts and everything, and we're like, I don't know if we're dressed for this, but we walked in. We get in. They see us. Everybody's so cordial and sweet. It, it was very prim and proper everybody was so nice and hand to god when they get ready to start the service they shut the doors and they put down one of those barricades oh god over the door and Uh the two of us looked at each other and i'm like oh i've seen this in horror movies (laughs) (laughs) and then it was an armageddon church they talked about the how the end was coming and they were like singing hymns that were like all about you know not all kumbaya, they're like, oh, Lord, take us now. The time to die is now. And you're like, what? Wow. What is happening? It was the most unbelievable. There's like rows of teenage boys sitting there. So these little vixens were out enticing all these boys into the church uh, to apparently become part of this uh, apocalyptic uh, service. 
uh, it was that was one of the weirdest experiences, and I've been to a lot of strange places, but that was one of the single most terrifying and weird experiences of my life. So I have a question for you. Since when I was a little boy, I believe I was seven years old when it happened, since my father actually saw the devil and backed the car up all the way home for about three miles, shouldn't I believe in the devil? You know, the devil is subjective to what people believe it to be, right? And, and uh, that's why Satanists, people that take on the term Satanists, it's a joke to them. Yeah. Because to them, Satan is, you know... We're all our own God. It's up to us to make the best life for ourselves. We shouldn't be relying on Jesus to get us out of a jam. Right. And I I'm agree. Not, I don't, before your listeners get all over me for protecting Satanism, there's a difference between Satanists and devil worshippers. Right. People that are killing goats and doing stuff. Satanists are more like, they're, they're really more kind of, uh, um, and now the, the word is escaping me, where you don't believe in God, you don't believe in atheists. They're more atheistic than they are anything. Mm-hmm. And they're they're doing it to prove a point. But listen, the I you know I think the devil's real. I've I've seen some weird stuff. I've heard some weird stuff. I know people that I trust and love very much in the field of paranormal research who have been witness to full possessions. I don't doubt that there is true evil and and negative out there. But you know what is the famous saying that the best trick the devil has played on us is to make us believe he doesn't exist. Right and. You know, that's kind of what they get into. But, you know, like they say, there's no, uh, you know, there's no non-believers in a foxhole. Everybody's praying for safety and, and to live and get out of it at the end. So it's just, you know, and, until you're confronted with some of these things and look them in the eyes. You know, when my friend was murdered and her two children and and uh, her unborn baby stolen from her, and I looked into the eyes of these three murderers uh, that, that pulled this uh horrific crime off to not believe the devil exists is is nearly impossible when it touches your life that way you see that these aren't even people they're they're inhuman with what they're capable of and and how they get away with some of the things criminals get away with it it feels as though there has to be some kind of influence working in their lives yeah well but you and i we we must confess that you and I would know the devil exists because it's, well, in our world, it's called radio management. But, <laughs> you know. Too true. Well, that's not true, true because they say the devil comes in pleasing shapes, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so never mind. Never mind. I don't yeah, know. I, that's the whole thing with this, you know, the, the concept. But, you know, what is evil? What You know, being on the Holzer Files for two seasons, it would be really easy to jump to the devil in every episode or a yeah, demon. Yeah. And we didn't. We, we took a more um, interesting tact where, you know, hey, sometimes these are just misunderstood, lost, or pissed-off ghosts. And sometimes you just got to give them the respect and, and admission and get their story right. And it's been nice to hear from the homeowners and people we've worked with because once we've kind of put these puzzle pieces back in place and acknowledged the spirit and, and helped to clear their name of the lies, they've had nothing happen in their house since uh, or in their location. So sometimes I think it's just in the, the acknowledgement of these uh, beings. But, you know, I mean, <clears throat> scary cells. And, and I'm sure our network would much rather that we're fighting the devil every episode, but yeah. that's not the real case. You know, they're it's not that prevalent but it is out there and i you know again with with some of the claims and the people i've seen i i'll tell you what we were in uh, the stanley hotel doing an investigation and we were working with this uh, piece of equipment this radio box that supposedly spirits can speak through like a telephone to the to the other side sure. and you hear these voices coming through and they're acknowledging who the people are in the room that was weird well with us was demonologist adam Bly who's religiously trained demonologist and, and assists on exorcisms. And as he's hearing this, he got very uncomfortable, and he reached into his pocket and pulled out a bottle of holy water that he's holding in his hand. And you hear from the, the, the spirit box, you suddenly hear this voice go, he has holy water. Clear Jeez, as day. Really? It's a radio. It had no way to see in the room. Something was communicating, and it recognized that there was somebody in the room with holy water, and that you know his presence was there so yeah when you when you have this and that was in a room full of people and we were all witness to how this went down you know it, it, again yet you 
you, you have to be careful. That's why we tell people this isn't just a, a lark and a fun hobby. There are some things you need to be careful of when you investigate claims of the paranormal, and you also have to make sure that you don't quickly go in and, as a paranormal team, tell somebody, oh, your house is haunted with a demon, and then leave, because these poor people have to face that and deal with that. And, you know, I, I've been more of trying to take people down the logic curve as much as I can when they're afraid that they're dealing with demons and walk them through why it most likely is not a demon and allay some of their fears. And a lot of times, once they get over that initial fear, the the terror of it is gone to them, and then they, they're able to deal with it and move on. You know, I had a great idea back then, because I used to know the family that owned Dairy Queen. They don't own it anymore. I don't think, well, they, don't, they might own some of it, but they don't own the whole thing anymore. They used to. And I tried to talk him into, like, 1980-something. I said, I would do the voice, but I guarantee you Dairy Queen would have gone through the roof had they followed my lead, because I just wanted somebody to go, Dairy Queen. And then I'd go, lick me. What do you think? <laughs> it would be huge. Everybody would remember Nowadays, that. I think it would be really huge, because people like that uh, not-so-subtle humor aspect of, of the different... Uh, <laughs> different advertising firms there's a lot of them out there too that are, are kind of skating that line but yeah that would oh, be God, hilarious yeah. that, that, I, it would have been huge dairy queen would have exploded there'd be thousands of them everywhere uh, as opposed to uh, how poorly they're doing now right yeah are those they? poor people at dairy queen with the two mile long line well that's true yeah that is true. yeah i do love dairy queen man i still to this day I said I've missed out on two big opportunities uh, to try to get a uh, uh, Raising Canes or, sure. oh, or God, a Dairy yeah. Queen franchise because I don't care what type of year it is. Even during the pandemic, the line yep. for the local Raising Canes bias, which breaks my heart for KFC. KFC's like one building away from them. Yeah. They have the Raising Canes line goes past KFC to get to them. Oh, God. oh no. That's <laughs> yeah. terrible. Oh, it's it's unbelievable, but it's true. If you go, it's uh, out in Apple Valley. If you go see the uh, uh, the Raising Canes, literally one one restaurant down is KFC with nobody there, and the line goes out and around Raising Canes parking lot, out down the street and past KFC. And you got to look and, and realize that not only is KFC not doing well, but Minnesotans who don't want to drive more than fifteen minutes to get anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Right, they will sit in a line for an hour at Raising Cane's instead of just pulling into the parking lot of an empty KFC. That tells you something. You know, it's amazing though. I've never liked Kentucky Fried Chicken. I thought it was okay at best. Yeah, I haven't liked it since I was probably like in my early twenties. I used to work there. Yes, one, really? of my, one of to my first there. jobs, and fifty-five. Still the hatred in you. I just we had to wear these. Very heavy polyester, mm-hmm. bright red outfits, <laughs> and no matter Catherine, how much Catherine, you, no matter, I'm getting, I'm getting flustered. Yeah, flustered now. <laughs> and I, you could wash that fifty fifty million times, and it would still stink like that oil. Like yeah. the oil, yeah. Oh, they yeah. Were, they were well, tearing Tom, down. Tom, now I understand why you fell in love with this woman. Not only was she dressed hot, but she stunk of chicken. Yeah, exactly. Place. What Smelled could like be chicken. better? It was a bad, bad smell. <laughs> still have that outfit? And can my wife borrow it? No, yeah, sorry, I had to turn it in when I quit. Oh, they don't let you keep like it as chicken. a keepsake? No. I even I, They knew I lied about my age, and they still gave me a job. <laughs> And there's no question I had to have met, because I used to go in that KFC all the time back in those days, so I had to have met you before I ever met you in person. Did you ever show up at, like, <clears throat> I think we closed at 11. There were the, there, were, there was the 1045 drunk oh, crowd. Yeah. Oh, the drunk crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, wow. you're cute. <laughs> Thanks so much. I Joe! Come in front. I'm not putting up with these guys. Phenomenal. (laughs) Phenomenal. So one of our listeners wants to know if Holzer Files is getting a third season. We're waiting to hear. They just wrapped up uh, because of the way that it was so weird, right? Our season started in October. Then they went on hiatus at the beginning of December because, again, Mm -hmm. it's Christmas. Nobody wants to watch ghosts. They want to. Right. You know, see, the Holy Spirit. Specials. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they brought us back in February, 
but they brought us back to Discovery Plus Network, the, the streaming service. Then once the, all the episodes ran there, they brought us back to Travel Channel, and that just ended up finishing up like about a month ago. So it's usually 60 to 90 days after before we'll hear yeah. if we get picked up. So we're hoping. Um, we have not filmed the season three yet, but the team is all standing behind it, and we hope that the show gets picked up for another season. But uh, I did film a special this year, um, a one-off special with a few other friends at a very notorious haunted uh, murder site that uh, I can't give any more information about, but I'll come back and talk to you. I had one of the weirdest experiences ever in my 15-year career of, of actively investigating the paranormal. So we'll, we'll talk about that as it comes around, but I'm pretty excited. And I think that's going to come out in August. Um, Shane and Cindy and I are appearing at a bunch of paranormal conferences now that the world is slowly opening up again. So if people are interested, they can go to darknessevents.com and find out where they can meet Cindy and Shane and, and myself uh, throughout the next four, five, six months here. Well, that's a nice situation right there. Mm-hmm. I would yeah, think anyway. Nice. We just came back from Gettysburg. We did an event out in Gettysburg, and two weeks before that I was in Mansfield, Ohio. And in two weeks I'll be out at the um, Belvoir Winery, the Odd Fellows Asylum in Liberty, Missouri. So it's cool to get out and investigate with people and see each other. And now that I'm fully vaccinated and, uh, you know, hoping to remain safe, but back to making a living and, and interacting with humans again, it's nice to be out there. That's good. Restaurants are open now, so things are looking better. Although, you know, it's really strange. Going to some of these big cities that we're visiting, everything's closed by 8 o'clock at night because yeah. they can't get employees. Mm. Yep. They cannot get employees. We were at the Eisenhower Hotel, this beautiful hotel in Gettysburg, and they had four staff members, and it was the owner and three of his family members oh, because they can't wow. get people to come back to work. Right. Right, and it's not for fear of getting COVID. It's because they're making more money on on unemployment. Yeah, we need. Can you stay with us for another segment, or you got to go? Uh, I've got. I you know I could stay till noon if that's cool. I've got to do yeah, a uh, radio interview again at noon, but if that's fine, I could hang in for that. Uh, absolutely, we'll be right back more okay. with sure. Darkness Day right after this. And a caller. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. Well, he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. The My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. Made with My Pillow foam and Impact Gel to help prevent fatigue, and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family, which is what we did. Call 1 800 516 5146 or use promo code TOM, of course. 1 800 516 5146. Use promo code TOM or go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. You'll also get deep discounts on all My Pillow products, including. The Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use promo code TOM. Dan Chesky is here from Dan's Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fish and ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan's Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan's Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan's Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. What's more important than reliable plumbing? Having someone you can rely on in case it ever needs attention. Hi, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Look, you don't want to mess around with leaks or shoddy installation or repair when it comes to plumbing. Sabre is the largest installer of Moen fixtures and Ream water heaters in Minnesota. They're dependable pros who get the job done right. So when plumbing happens, call Sabre 
or visit saberheating.com. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, Darkness, you need to be off by, what, 58, 59? Yeah, just by the top of the hour, I'll be good to go. Okay, I just want to make sure. Darkness. I want to make sure what the situation is, yes. I don't, do Darkness. Even, Darkness falls across the land. Uh, right. Still one of the great uh, great narrations of all time, Vincent Price yes. on the Thriller album. <clears throat> Wonderful stuff. We have a caller. Caller. Darkness Joe. Dave, Joe. Yes. Joe, Darkness Dave. We know each other. First of all, when you say it makes it sounds like I owe you money. What is that? <laughs> yeah, we know each other. Oh, he knows me. There he knows me. <laughs> We chat out occasionally online. Oh, uh, yeah. And Joe sends me good stories for our radio show. I appreciate it. Not a problem. First of all, I need to say KFC flat out sucks. <gasps> Does. I agree. I I feel for you, Catherine. I used to work at that, that KFC that Dave's talking about, in fact. Oh. Over in Apple Valley. Huh. And, uh... Could not stand the 100% polyester uniform. Oh, God. <laughs> Whose idea was that? Oh. Big hit, apparently. Oh, I'm sure it was two cents per uniform cheaper, so that's what they went with. Oh, yeah, they were probably. so gross. And if you went long enough, not only would the uniform smell, so would you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't do a lot yeah, of breathing. That would just smoosh into your skin. And it's like, you work at KFC, don't you? How do you know? Yeah. Yeah, cats probably around dogs, too. <laughs> I don't like to brag, but I had kind of a higher-class job. I was an usher at Plitt Theaters oh, well. wearing my, my polyester red jacket and my black dickie. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I just I reeked of popcorn and, uh, and movie hot dogs. That was my, my deal. But uh, I, you know, I don't like to brag, Tom, but I, you know, I did leave kind of a charmed life. Sure, I mean, Alex, no you smelled it. like coffee, coffee, coffee yeah. for a good was it a year that you no, worked at Caribou. I worked, no, I worked at Caribou for it was like two, at least two. Yeah, yeah. Your whole car reeked like coffee. I smelled like coffee <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, smelly jobs. Mm-hmm. Well, coffee's a, not a bad smell. No, it's a fine like, smell. Oh, I'd rather smell like coffee than fried chicken. Yeah, than rancid fat. Yes. <laughs> Hey, it wasn't rancid. Well, it becomes rancid after being in the uniform for a month. Yeah. Can I well, tell I my... Washed, uh, I washed my outfit worst, more than that. Worst part for me was being out at, a, at an event, and uh, everybody wants to come up and hug you and say hi, and they've been outside in the 89 degrees, oh, 85% humidity, yeah. and they're hugging me and then leaving their stink on me, and then uh, they walk away the next person hugs me and gives me that look like, Oh man, I thought you'd shower more often. I'm like, it's not me. Go <laughs> that guy. That's for yeah. I swear to God. That's a nice touch. Oh yeah, bo yeah. that clings is bad. Oof. Bo that clings, all bo clings. Well, I don't even know how you guys survived that. I've never been in a more uncomfortable. I did an event in, in Waverly Hills Sanitarium in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh God. And it was. The, the humidity is so thick, you do not dry. You just are in a constant state of dripping. I can't, I, I don't even, that's like, a, that's like a punishable state. You remember Escape from New York and Escape from L.A.? We should just cordon off Kentucky and make our, our prisoners live there because that would make me turn straight at any point. Uh-oh. Joey's attacking He's not your good, man. It's just it's <clears throat> bloody insane down here. Yeah. The first oh. year I got here, I was... I took my car in for an um, inspection to get uh, Kentucky plates. And the deputy that was doing the inspection says, how do you like the weather down here? I said, oh, it's kind of warm. And he says, yeah, this is nothing. This is only May. Wait until August. Oh, God. August rolls around. I drove by a bank. The, you know how they have that, the sign that says the time and the temperature? I swear yeah. to God, this thing said 115 degrees. Oh, God. That's like oh, Phoenix weather-ish. <laughs> But Whoops. then you've got the swing. Every summer. Every summer. I look at people that live here. I said, how in God's name do you people live here? <laughs> well. Then you've, got, then you've got the swing of Minnesota where we did an event at the Palmer yeah. House Hotel like about eight years ago in January. And the bank across the way, 
that it was so cold that digital reading kept fritzing, mm-hmm. and it was saying negative 39 degrees out, and it just kept, <laughs> like, blinking in and out. Everybody's car was frozen solid, uh. and people people can't uh, deal with it. But I, I get a kick out of going out and filming, and we're out in, you know, uh, we're in, like, Texas and a couple of these warmer states where it got down to, like, 40 degrees at night, and people are shivering, yep. and, like, in parkas and i'm in my short sleeve shirt and jeans and they're like what is wrong with you i'm like this is springtime in minnesota man yeah, southern, I'm enjoying this weather. southern florida you see the fur coats getting busted out at about 60 degrees yeah you do it's true yeah, yeah. i feel i feel so bad for my wife because she's been bottled up so long earlier this year i said you know what sending you to friends of ours in Texas. It was safe to travel, man. There's nobody at the airport. Oh, yeah. There's nobody mm-hmm. on the plane. Right. My friends in Texas are it. clean. So I send them to, I send her to Texas to warm up, and that's when that cold snap hit. Oh, yeah. yeah. She got stuck there. Their for like... house froze. Their pipes burst. My, my wife had to live there for a week with no electricity and no running water. They were taking water out of the out of the pool in, in order to use the toilet. Oh. She left Minnesota to go face the coldest weather snap in Texas in like a hundred years. <laughs> and Texas is not prepared for, for Minnesota weather. No. They don't they don't insulate at all. It's like I, I I don't know if you remember, it was like after The Walking Dead came out and it's filmed in Georgia and they show all those scenes of the cars pulled over to the side of the road, then there was that that snowstorm that hit like four years later and they're like, you know, Georgia schools have shut down, all businesses, people are lined up along the sides of the road, they're sleeping in Walmarts because they can't get out, and they had three inches of yep. snow. I'm like, three inches of snow? <laughs> that's, that's still volleyball weather for us. Yeah, yeah. Minnesotans don't even but notice they, three inches of snow on the road. Yeah, they could not move. They were, like, literally, cars are in ditches and all along the side of the road, people are walking like they're... The apocalypse moving into to gas stations and Walmarts to sleep for three days till somebody could wow. come clear the road. That is ridiculous. That is amazing. Yeah, you forget. Uh, you forget. Uh, Minnesota definitely turns you into a survivor if you're not one. That is Unless, true. of course, you get into weather anything over ninety degrees, then we're sucky. We, yeah, we're in trouble. <laughs> well, ninety-eight today, ninety-seven tomorrow, so that's up there. No, thank you. Well, it's gonna happen. Only gonna be in the mid-eighties here. Mid eighties, really? Oh, huh. yeah. So there you go. But, yeah, with the, but with the humidity, it feels like two thousand and twelve. Well, that's true. <laughs> no, it's, seriously, it's it's nice out. I've got my patio door open, and it's pretty nice out. Huh? You're just getting used to it. It right. could be. Well, let's see. It says Louisville humidity oh, right now. Patio door shut with the AC cranked. Eighty-one degrees, sixty-eight percent humidity. That's not, not that bad. That's no, not it's bad. not that bad. No, not bad at all. Now let's yeah. compare that to Minneapolis. Let's see here. Uh, 90 degrees and 44%. So yeah. it's kind of, you know, it's really not that humid out. It's just so hot. It is hot, yeah. yeah. All right, and Dave is going to hit the road. Regardless yep, of what thanks, a lot. Says, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me on. Stay yep. safe. I will talk to you guys soon. And uh, go on out and see the new Conjuring movie. Get out, enjoy yourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom and Catherine, if you guys have not seen the movie Spontaneous yet, it's on, I can't, I think it's Amazon or Netflix. It is a quirky, funny, weird movie to have come out, uh, I don't even know what year, but I found it during the pandemic, but it is uh, just a strange movie about these kids that are just spontaneously exploding. What? And it's this, it, yeah, it's a, but it's a, like a comedy, kind of like a comedy drama, a dramedy, but it's a good little flick if you haven't seen Spontaneous. Uh, it's clever writing, good acting, and it's got just a, a weird twist to it and, and uh, leaves you questioning things. But it's a great little flick, so check out Spontaneous and The Conjuring. And uh, thanks for having me on. We'll see you guys again soon. Take care. Sounds good, Dave. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Now, you can ask me the question you were going to ask Dave if you want, Joe. I was just going to tell him, no matter what Timmy says, it's pronounced Louisville. What? Why? What is he? Timmy's what? always saying, huh? What's he all? What's he saying? Timmy, Tim Dennis always calls it Louisville. Oh, Louisville. Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. 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 Well, he also says such of a. 
Yeah, such of. It was a, such of a good movie. Yeah, he does say that. It was such a good movie. He says such. I have of never a good heard movie. that anywhere else. I haven't either. I wonder where it comes from. Waverly, Minnesota. <laughs> oh, your mother used hyper to say hyper-specific regional dialect. Toots used to say instead of I can't picture that. I can't feature I can't that. Feature. Yeah, She's yeah. the only person I've ever heard say that. I can't feature it. And she also said, "You need to comb them hair." <laughs> Comb them hair. Comb them Comb hair. hair. Okay, mom, uh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like a mixture of the plural and the yeah. singular. Why don't we yeah. go back to Why don't we go back to Germany and learn English again, then get back to <laughs> them hair. But she never them spoke hair. German, did she? No, no. She her just, mother did, but she, she learned didn't. broken English from her mom, and it, it stuck. And it just. I learned from my my grandmother Minnie what Oshloch meant. Oshloch. Oshloch. You know what Oshloch what means? Mean? Asshole. <laughs> that makes sense. Tom, don't be such an Oshloch. I'm like, okay, Grandma, I won't. I promise you I won't. i got to run something by you, and this, is, this has nothing to do with the politics of it, because I don't give a rat's ass about the politics of it. It's just proof why late-night television is failing miserably. Because i got to be honest with you, every one of the late-night hosts is not very good. What do you guys think of the late night hosts? Well, they're not they're not interviewers. They're they're, they're just their personalities or yeah. right stand up comedians. And then they're not interviewers. There's it's, a problem. They're just not funny. Is the problem? And here's a perfect. And again, it has nothing to do with the, they're going after Trump. I don't care about that. You can go after Trump all you want. No, they just they're not funny. They're just not funny. Here's an example. There's a reason at Trump pants has been trending the last few days, even if it's a pretty strange one. After images surfaced online, the Internet seemed convinced that Donald Trump wore his pants backward in North Carolina. Now, why would why would they think that, first of all? I don't know. Right? Because they'll just, that's just what they do. Oh, that's, uh, that's according to NPR. What a shock oh, there, huh? there you go. He did not. If you care about venturing down this particular wormhole, see the fact checks at both USA Today and Snopes. Still, if you happen to catch any of the late night shows on Monday, the former president's pants were front and center. The hosts uh, had a field day. Now, here's an example of why I never watch late night television, because these people suck. So wait, we're talking about Trump's pants? Trump's he said yeah, he was wearing pants. his pants backwards. Well, that's he likes crisscross. What can I say? Yes. Yeah, exactly. He's, He's going to make you jump, jump. Crisscross pants. <laughs> Indeed. Well, here you go. Seth Meyers. Let's be clear, he did not put them on backward, which is good for Trump, because it would be very embarrassing to be the first president to put your pants on backwards, as opposed to what he is, the first president where everyone believed it was at least possible. How is that funny? It's not, it's not funny even at a all. joke. I don't know. Jimmy Fallon, it's like he's wearing a fanny pack on the inside of his pants. It looks like he bumped into something and his pants deployed an airbag. That's slightly not funny. more funny, but still not very funny. Jimmy Kimmel. Then there was a detailed online investigation. You know, usually if you got this close to Trump's crotch, he'd pay you 130 Gs. That's not bad. Not That's bad. pretty funny. That one's pretty good. Apparently, according to NPR, he was not wearing his pants backwards. He was not. And that's no. NPR. The picture looks like he's wearing it backwards, but I think that's... Does it really? Maybe oh, they're yeah. just unfortunate pants, like in I think they are Bly unfortunate House. pants, yes. Like in Bly House. Bly Manor, those friggin' pants. Every oh, he was wearing pants. That is true. true. Yeah, at least he was wearing pants. James Corden, even Trump's pants lie. Oh, my God. You know, tell you what, you British prick. Why don't you go back home? Go back to England. So, James, which one is he? James Corden, that's the English guy, the heavyset one who's on Weight Watchers, but he gains weight on I thought he was supposed to be, like, not one of the crappy ones. He's usually not. He sucks. He's terrible. Oh, I see. No, they all, it's, it's just like there's a memo that goes around to all these people, and they just... That's what they do. They just do the same thing every day and think that they're doing something incredible. Well, that cannot have been comfortable. Apparently, the reason they looked like that is because they used a steamer to take the wrinkles out while he was wearing the pants. Yeah, that you know who used to do that was Don Rickles. He learned that from Don Rickles. That's he would steam his pants before he went on stage. Well, not, very, not, not, not while they're on. That would cause yeah. scalding burns. No, it would no, not. No, yes, it not. would. Steamers no. get really hot. Well, you, well, you it's got, steam. You, you don't get it close to you. You don't get it close to you. It's That's on a, your skin. No, you don't. No, it, it's... Oh, so you steam your pants while they're on you all the time. You're thinking of steaming tights, not steaming dress pants. Two different things. Dress pants are very heavy, believe me. Okay, now here's Kimmel number two. Poor Mike Pence didn't know which end to kiss. It was very confusing. Again, mildly funny, yeah. but you know, Kimmel Kimmel's the best of them all. Like at this point, 
But Stephen Colbert, either he shares a tailor with a Ken doll or he spends so much time yanking stuff out of his keister, it just helps to have the zipper back there to make it easy. It's not funny at all. So Kimmel was semi-funny. That one was pretty funny. The other one was semi-funny. And the rest of you are dreadfully unfunny, but you always are. Oh, one of our listeners, his wife steams her shirts while wearing them. Yeah, there you go. And that's shirts. Yeah. Those are a lot thinner right, than pants. Well, when you have to go to the ER, don't say, <laughs> I didn't warn you. Don Rickles used to walk around backstage without pants on. He'd have underwear on, but not pants. Yeah, they made fun of that on Seinfeld, I remember. What oh, did they? The maestro. <laughs> He would have his pants steamed, and then he would take them off and walk around without pants until it was time to go on stage. Yeah, that's, that's what a, Rick, they got that from Rickles. Yep. Oh. Don Rickles did that. I don't remember that. that episode. Indeed. I think it might have been the same episode with the pirate shirt, but I'm not sure. Oh, oh just be Kramer with the puffy shirt. Yeah, oh, I don't want to be a pirate. I might just be thinking of a different clothing-related Seinfeld episode, though. Yeah. So let me ask you a question, particularly the two younger people on the show. Is anybody funny anymore? Is there uh, anybody really? out there that's I'm funny? I'm hilarious. Well, you, I'm talking about professionals here, you know. Honestly, you are hilarious. No, I think the last comedian that I really... Well, I mean, like, there are comedians that I think are funny, like, for the most part. But the last most recent comedian that I was like, this is, like, one of my favorite comedians ever, was probably, like, Jim Carrey. And he's not even funny anymore. He's not funny at all He's just a mental case. He just went completely insane. But, yeah, it's like there are no new young comedians that I'm like, you know, this is like the funniest guy in the world. That's how I used to feel about Jim Carrey growing up with all those, the golden age of Jim Carrey movies. Yeah. But there's no one like that anymore. But don't you think that's that's a cancel culture thing? They're just afraid their career will be put to an end if they try to be funny? Well, but that's the thing is... Jim Carrey never really went political no. in any of no, his movies. No, no he didn't uh-huh. at all. He was like, you know, the mask in Ace Ventura. He had a very unique yeah. brand of inoffensive, b- bizarre... Idiocy. Idiocy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Idiocy is a good he was, way to Yeah, he was like it. a modern-day clown. Yeah. But everyone... That's another problem, is that everyone thinks that in order... They're all so worried about punching down. Yeah, It's like, exactly. why do you have to punch anyone? Why can't yeah. you just be funny? Yeah. If you think about, like, the most... Uh, well, some of the most well-received comedies of all time, especially of the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, you know, there was no punching going on. It was just right. people being funny. But now it's like, oh, no, you have to punch. You have to punch up. You have to punch down. You have to punch someone because that's funny. It's like, no, you don't have to be cruel. Yep, I think true. it's funny if you do it to yourself. I think self-deprecating well, humor is Jim, too. Just, Jim Gaffigan, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. He's funny. one of the yeah. better stand-ups he because he, he doesn't he's punch hilarious. people while he's doing a stand-up. But yeah, he makes fun of his life and his family and just talks about how, you know, yeah. ridiculous yeah. having five kids is and yeah. all that but stuff. But I, I, I used to follow him on Twitter because I thought he was so funny, but then he got super political for oh, years. Oh, my oh, really? God. It was Gaffigan just like, did? Yeah. I was just like, really? I just don't want to I don't want to hear well, that's one of that's the thing is, in order to get into that field, you kind of have to swear fealty to the yes, to, to the, the cult. Yeah, you got to kiss the ring. It's like even if your comedy isn't political, you still have to let them know that you're one of them, or else they won't book you, or they won't right. give you any gigs on TV or movies. That's true. No, that is very very true. I just I hope we can get back to comedy now, and everybody, if this is a joke, okay, it's a joke. I think the only way that's going to happen is if. Uh, offshoot of Hollywood springs up. Like yeah, a, Hollywood a sequel to Hollywood. Hollywood, right. I think, is over. Yeah. Disgusting. They're Austin. Not, y- Austin, the, Texas. Yeah, probably, maybe, yeah. yeah maybe. Is that you know, where that's doing? where a lot, a lot of comedians have moved there. And I've heard comedians <laughs> say is that the worst crowd are the liberals because they're so critical of anything that you anything. do and you, you can't say anything. Yeah. Well, they're just sitting there. What can I be offended uh, exactly, at? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, they want to be offended. They do. They're looking for it. <laughs> Can you imagine Don Rickles trying to go on stage today? No, they would murdered. boo him. He, they'd probably kill him. He would never. You're right. Can you imagine Bobby hurt. Slayton going on stage? Today? Oh, God. Oh. Wouldn't even be let on Mm-mm. stage. I remember one time watching The Tonight Show, and don't get pissed <laughs> off at me. I'm just relating a story about how things have changed in the last 20 years. Rickles is on The Tonight Show one night, and Carson sends him out into the audience to do Stump the Band. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, walks up to this black guy sitting down in the audience, walks up, he goes, stand up, sir. The guy stands up, he goes, what's your name, sir? Uh, my name is Cleophus. He goes, Cleophus? 
Let me get you a mop and a bucket. <laughs> Can you imagine if he said that today? No. What? Holy crap. He, he was horribly offensive back then. <laughs> back then he yeah. was. Exactly. I mean, well, that was the stick. Is I'm going to be as offensive as I can. Exactly. And that, yeah. that was his whole deal. So you guys can see what being offensive is. And, you know, that's what the whole point was. That's the whole point of comedy is yes. to allow you to be introspective. And yeah. the right. edgier they are, the more you get to think about these things. Mm-hmm. That's why... That's why Dave Chappelle uh, was so good. That's Phenomenal. why Deaf Comedy Jam was so good. So you could just see that you got a sense of this. And you're able to be introspective. And say, oh, the white person, eh, maybe you take an edge off that or this one thing. Right. Or oh, yeah. Bernie Mac, when he was in the original Kings of Comedy, walks on stage and he says, I got a new rule in my life. And this is, all a, this is a new rule in my life, and it should be a rule in your life, too, because I got children now. And one thing I'm telling you is it should be legal once a kid turned one years old, you should be able to punch him in the stomach. <laughs> well, well. No, it's so outrageous. It's funny. Well, he was talking about what assholes kids can one, be. One-year-olds can be horrible. It wasn't advocating no, exactly. for child abuse. No. Well, you don't punch them hard. You just, no, yeah, just, just a little. Just a little something, you know? You don't leave a mark. It's like when your dog won't stop sniffing the same spot. You just got to give him a nudge. Yeah. A little nudge. <laughs> Snap him out of it. No, I, I, I hope that people get because there are a lot of you know Kostaki Kanamopoulos funny in hell and he's not offensive at all. No, um, there are a lot of very funny. Well, people he offends out there. me, but that's, yes, I understand. But that's well, just because he's Greek. That's though, intentional. You know? Get me to the Greek. You know what I'm saying? But uh, no, I, I just hope we can start maybe having a sense of humor about something. One thing I will say that 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 Hollywood has done and late night television particularly has done. Nothing is funny anymore. It's no. just unless you're, and the the one thing that really drives me nuts about them, and it's both parties. The Democrats do it to Republicans. Republicans do it to the Democrats. Whatever you're complaining about most about your opponent is something you do. Absolutely, yeah. there's no question about that. You already do that. Mm-hmm. You know they talk about Trump lying all the time. You think Trump and Trump and Biden don't lie more than each other? They oh, about God. the same. They they're liars. Oh, God, That's what yeah. they do. They're politicians. Politicians are liars. Yep. But my, it's okay when my team does it because they're doing it for a good reason. Yeah, well, see, that's the big difference. You lie, it's horrible. If my guy lies, it's to cover your ass. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's like, you know, I have to do bad things to show people that I'm, you know, Yep. I have to drag the rest of the world into the bright future that I have envisioned. That's kind of like the motto of politics right now. It's like, you're going it to live indeed. in utopia, and if I have to kill you to make it happen, I will. <laughs> we got to take a break. Got hour two coming up with Kristen Burt, ladies and gentlemen. See you later, Joe. See you later, Joe. Thanks. Bye. See you later.